cloud. Okay, it is May 24th at 9 a.m. Eastern, and we are recording lesson 27. Three, two, one. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to lesson number 27. Thank you for being here, and thank you for making a commitment to take responsibility for your health. In this lesson, Mullen and I are going to share our perspectives on stress and hopefully unpack some nuance as it relates to health and as it relates to the concept of stress. So if you have questions about the lesson or you want to contribute resources or a layer two conversation, uh, please message us on Slack. I think probably everyone has their own perspective and life experiences with the concept of stress. And um, the more we can share with each other, the more collective insights we can have. Uh, so Malin, thanks for being here today. Thanks to you too. No worries. So, you know, anytime we explore concepts, I think a good place to start um, is by defining terms. And I think I think defining stress is especially important because it seems to me uh, like we have this simplistic cultural relationship with stress where stress is often viewed as a bad thing. Um, you hear it cited all the time as a major cause of mortality. And, and I don't think that's untrue, but I also believe that, you know, the belief that stress is bad for us is actually harmful, but stress in and of itself is sort of neutral not necessarily bad and actually something that is good in terms of health. So, you know, I think the goal today is to share a broad perspective on stress and bring some nuance to the to the often binary topic. So, so before Mullen and I share our definitions of stress to the listener, pause this for a second and write down your definition of stress before you hear ours, because I think it's really important for us to independently dive into what do we, what do we make of this word? What is our current understanding of this word? To take a note on that and then as we broaden our understanding as we sort of hear definitions of others and we work through better understanding see how that definition changes so if you're listening to this start pause this write down in your proof of work log how do you define stress um, and Mullen, i'd love to hear your definition um, of stress yeah uh, and i actually rewrote it just about one hour ago or something when i was preparing nice. for this um, so my definition would be an internal or external event that creates a tense reaction within you. So it can be a physical, mental, emotional, or even spiritual thing. Um, and also part of my definition is that it should perhaps be temporary, but depending on how you approach it and in which context, it can also, as you said in the beginning, be harmful to your health or not. Hmm. Yeah, that has a lot of similarities to mine. Mine is just a state of tension, uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, created by challenging circumstances. Um, so it seems like tension is the is the fundamental element there, where there's some um, some sort of challenge that we're faced with. And I think when we use the word stress in different contexts, it brings a totally different meaning, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, this this cultural acceptance that stress is a natural part of life, uh, I don't think is wrong, but I think it 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 needs to have some nuance brought to it. Um, so maybe let's yeah, talk and, about... and maybe also that that's that's you said that stress is is natural in our environment. Maybe we should also sometimes look at it the other way around. That maybe we shouldn't so much adapt to our environment or circumstances, but adapt to the way we need to to be and to act as 
as the human species, so to say, and, and our needs, rather than adapting only to the circumstances that we live in. Yeah, that's a good point. So instead of always reacting to the environment, we actually um, sort of take responsibility for our our actions instead of always mm -hmm. trying to react um, to yeah. the environment. Because, I mean, we live such a, in, you know, largely, this is a generalization, but I think the way we live today in the modern world is uh, incongruent from how we're designed to live. And so if you live in a, an unnatural environment um, and you don't feel you have a sense of control to, to dictate the environment you live in um, or to really be, have confidence that you can, um, I think it's this mindset of like hero and victim where like the hero says, I will take care of myself. I have control over outcomes in my life. Whereas the victim is sort of like, well, the world is happening to me. Um, it's a weird world. Therefore, I'm going to be stressed. And I think that a lot of stress is perception, right? And maybe let's, yeah. we'll talk about that, but let's talk about the different types of stress. Because I think, you know, we sort of define stress in this broad way. But I think talking about stress without actually diving into some detail of like, the different types of stress, right? Like mm. short duration or acute, long duration or chronic, um, even positive types of stress. So uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on sort of the, the different types of stress and maybe how, how the way you think of that has impacted uh, your life and your health and the way you view stress um, and even how that view has changed over time. Yeah, that's a big question, of course. But... <laughs> that's a lot of questions. <laughs> we can start wherever you want. No, I like to kind of put it in a historical perspective too, because I mean, looking looking back, most of the human, let's say, life has been without control. I mean, historically, there's you wouldn't know when you would find food the next time, so you wouldn't know if there was a lion coming in to eat you or something like that. So maybe it's also about accepting that you cannot control everything and the mindsets uh, related to that but also looking at maybe to the animal world a little bit more uh, in the way of of handling things like um, one of my teachers always said that we should be more like lions that we should be resting and resting and recovering and then so that when when a prey comes that we want to catch, we're, we're, let's say, prepared to do it and have the energy and, and reserves to be able to do that. So stress is needed to, to make us act and actually do things. But if we're always on, a, on, a, on that stress level, then, of course, it's something different. Uh, one of my former bosses, he said that, you know, life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you cannot act that in the way that it's a sprint all the time, then you just burn out. So I think, I mean, somehow you need to know what you need the stress for and where you should try to minimize it, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, which, yeah, it's like, which things matter enough to stress about? It yeah. sounds like that's yeah. kind of part of what you're getting at. And I think that's the... Um, you know, like in the, in the digital world, you know, if, if you and I get into a heated confrontation, that is stressful. Mm -hmm. um, and in, you know, in the physical world, it's short duration, we settle it, and then we're okay, then we're back to the calm state again. 
But I think in the digital world, um, even though you can have that confrontation through a device now, I don't think your body actually knows the difference. So the physical manifestation of having a heated confrontation online is treated no differently than having it in person. But the idea that a, a confrontation online can linger indefinitely, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're waiting for someone else to write something or it's this weird thing where I don't think our bodies and minds are actually, you know, built to be able to tolerate that. So you're right. I think it's like high contrast. We're supposed to have long periods where we're, you know, we're essentially conserving our energy in a um, unstressed state so that we bottle up that energy to fight when we need to fight. But we're not supposed to fight all day long. We're not supposed mm. to have these stressors all day long. So I think that's where we, each individual has to be their own um, guide as to, you know, what things do I engage with that potentially cause me stress and which things are not worth engaging with. Because there's unlimited things you can engage with today. There's unlimited problems in the world that you can um, try and understand or uh, be updated with. But at the end of the day, we need to control where we point our attention and what we allow ourselves to um, engage with that could stress us out um, or just stress us, period. And it it's almost like, like when I look at stress, I look at, I often look at it from the perspective of, whether something um, has positive, because we all talk about good, like good and bad stress is thrown around a lot, those words. And the question then is like, well, what makes a form, what makes a stressful event good or bad? And it's like, to me, it seems like it's good if the outcome is productive. If I'm left in a more productive state where I've adapted to be able to handle more stress or I've learned something, um, you could consider that a healthy dose of stress, right? Like when, like if I go into a sauna, for example, that's a physically stressful and, and I would argue mentally stressful situation. But the end result of that is that um, I feel calm because, mm. you know, and, 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 and I know that I'm, I'm self-inflicting that to put my body into a stress state to build a bigger reserve capacity such that if I expose myself in a controlled way to stress, I'll be left with an adaptation that allows me to handle more stress. And so it's like everyone has to determine uh, whether a stressor is good or bad. But I think there's probably some common threads there. What, what are your thoughts on uh, good and bad stress or healthy and unhealthy stress um, as it relates to health? Yeah, I think a lot of what you said is, is also what I think is, is kind of makes it balanced kind of. Uh, but I also think that it, it's all relating to the context. Mm. Um, so something that's, let's say, if I'm, um, if I've slept well, if I've eaten well and I've recovered good, and then I have a totally stressful day at work, which was very productive and I had a lot of things done. It's okay usually, but if, if that comes after a poor night's sleep and some arguments at home or whatever, and the same thing happens, it, it's not the same. Uh, it might be the same in terms of productiveness or mm. efficiency, but maybe it's not the same in terms of the feeling that you have and uh, the way it's perceived in terms of good or bad stress. So I think the context is also really important. Yeah. So it's almost like your ability to adapt 
Stress is a tough one because it's yeah, so yeah. Um, broad in general. I, I think one common theme that I see is like we're designed to handle brief periods of acute stress, yeah. which facilitate adaptation. We're not designed to be chronically under stress, right? Our systems are not designed to be, you know, we're designed to run from a lion when a lion comes or to run to hunt something when some sort of food prey is there. Mm. But to try and do that, like you said before, all day long means you're going to burn out. And then when a lion does come, you might not be able to run from it. And I think mm. this whole idea that it's hard to self-regulate in an environment that can have an unlimited amount of stressors if you don't have enough self-awareness to protect yourself from those stressors. And most of the stresses are actually self-inflicted, right? The person oh, yeah. who yeah. goes into Twitter and gets in arguments and is has like all these stress hormones jacked through their system. It's like, that's self-inflicted, right? Like no mm -hmm. one's, you don't have to go on Twitter. Twitter didn't exist thousands of years ago. I don't think our bodies are designed to handle Twitter <laughs> arguments all day long. So it's, you know, I think acute doses of stress with appropriate recovery result in healthy adaptations. Mm -hmm. um, chronic, even low level stress, that might not be super intense, but chronic low level stress with zero recovery period uh, results in dis-ease, results in unhealthy, uh, can be an unhealthy stress, right? It's almost mm -hmm. like good or bad. I've started to replace the terms good and bad with adaptive and maladaptive, um, which kind of correlate with healthy and unhealthy. It's like, well, and, and it's so contextual based on individuals, right? Because the exact same yeah. situation can be uh, with two people, can be viewed as adaptive in one case or maladaptive in another. And it's not just the situation itself, but it's like, like you said, the entire, uh, if you zoom out, does that person have enough reserve capacity to mm. um, handle that stressor? Do they understand that they need to sort of rest and recharge after that stressor? And so I think from a health perspective, it's really about helping people want to be curious as to gaining self-awareness so they can self-regulate appropriately. And determine yeah. what their limits are. And that situation that you described, for some, it might not even be a stressful situation because they've kind of have that self-awareness and also the, the values are clear. So they know that this situation is not even something that is so important to me that, that I become stressed from it. But one thing that I think is, is also maybe worth putting into the context, context is the ability to release the stress. Like, for instance, when I look at my six-year-old and she, I can see sometimes that she's really stressed and hyper. And then, then sometimes she just stands up and shakes her whole body and, and maybe screams a little bit. And that's, that's what the animals do as well. Yeah. To just kind of get it all out, physically getting it all out. And then it's like a wave going down and then you're able to go up again another mm. time when it's actually needed. And I think that's something like, for instance, in the social media example that maybe we don't do because then you have this constant level of of stress from that argument or whatever it is that is, is ongoing for such a long period of time. Yeah. Every time my brother's dog does one of those shakes, I, I uh -huh. literally just think of like, she's, it's like all the little micro stressors and PTSDs that latch onto her. She just shakes them all off and they all fall off mm -hmm. and then she's fully present and, and ready to go again. Yeah. Um, I think we can probably learn a lot from that. Um, the word eustress is, uh, is an interesting word. Uh, the Greek prefix eu means good. And so eustress is applied to basically signify adaptive beneficial stress. Um, and, you know, just 
my neighbor grows a lot of plants. And in the Canadian winter, he has to bring his plants inside. And when he brings them out in the spring again, uh, you know, he one thing he said one time, he's like, I have to gradually expose them to wind. Mm. And I found it very curious. And it's like a tree needs wind to build resilience so that it can withstand strong winds. And if a tree is never exposed to wind and then a big gust of wind comes, the, the tree can break or fall over. And I think... Um, but if the tree is constantly exposed to overwhelming amounts of wind, it can, it can essentially wear down the tree and make it fragile. So it's like, it's all about, it really all is about context and like, how well are you adapting and recovering? You know, it's not no stress. No stress is not the answer, right? Because Mm -hmm. inevitably things will come along in life that will um, cause stress. And so never exposing yourself to stressful situations, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, um, reduces your resilience, but too much stress can break you down. So I guess, you know, from a pragmatic standpoint of someone listening to this, it's like, what are practical tools that we can employ in order to be able to, um, better respond to stress when it's in our lives and what are tools we can use um, to make sure that stressors don't stick to us. Right. And so maybe, mm-hmm. maybe what are, what are some things that you use in your life? Um, and they could be mental tools. They can be physical tools, um, any kind of tool. What are tools that you use to improve your ability to adaptively face stressors that come to you in your life? Well, I would say that most of them are physical um, because somehow stress is, is nearly always physical too. Like you get tense shoulders, shallow breathing or anything. So I think for me, physical uh, ways to release it is also what works best. Like deep breathing uh, when I'm in a stressful situation to regulate in the situation, um, shaking do shaking meditation sometimes i even did one just before this this call (laughs) this recording um going out in nature standing with my bare feet on the grass is really one of the the good ones especially now when it's warm outside i use it every day Um, and then of course uh, for me sleep is really important to to be able to be ready for handling the stuff that comes up what about you yeah a lot of those resonate with me i think uh going for a walk in solitude with no no headphones no nothing Mm. no technology in nature seems to just be a giant reserve capacity builder where it's like 30 minutes of that or an hour of that gives me the ability to just have a clear mind so that i can productively make sense of stressful events that might come my way. And also, I think, you know, you said mostly physical, but I think for me, one of the biggest things, you know, in the past three years um, of running a company, which is like an inherently stressful thing, right? You're, mm-hmm. the, the role is essentially to constantly be solving problems and be the person most accountable for the, for, for decisions made. I think a big thing for me is, is contextualizing whether something deserves like there's a cost to stress so if i stress if i if i feel mentally or physically stressed about something there is a cost to that in that i won't have energy left for something else so it's almost when things happen uh if it seems initially as kind of a shock it's like take a deep breath and determine how much energy does this thing deserve 
Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's been a big one because it's allowed me to sort of place my energy more precisely. Uh, whereas the previous me would just get, you know, like things would just come in waves and I would just try and like not drown basically because I treated everything as, um, equally requiring, uh, my energy. And now it's like, well, I can filter it out. It's like, how big of a deal is this? Am I the only one that can deal with this? What are the consequences um, of this? And if it doesn't pass the filter of deserving a whole lot of my attention, then I, I don't treat it as something that's as urgent or as stressful. So it's almost like I've gotten better at deciding what things deserve to cause me stress and what mm. things don't. Whereas before, without that filter, everything was stressful. Um, and it's, it seems like sometimes a revolving cycle where when you're really stressed, you seek distractions mm -hmm. and part of you knows that by not, you know, it feels good temporarily, but, but really deep inside, you know, that you're avoiding the stressful things, which are not going to leave. And so that yeah. is inherently more stressful. So you seek more distractions. And it's, I think the, the big part is like, for me, meditation is the place where I can make sense of things in a calm environment so that I don't, I don't get stuck in that loop as much. So I think the mental mm -hmm. side of treating everything as neutral and then consciously deciding what deserves uh, energy has been a really important tool. And I mean, obviously all the physical tools are, are very powerful too. I think just like going for a walk for me is the biggest thing because it's always accessible. Yeah. And I always seem to come back from a walk in a, in a less, um, like in a calmer state, better able to deal with the things I know I have to deal with, but compartmentalizing. And you know, the, in line with the mental side, it's like, I used to go out for a walk, but I used to just think of all the things, mm -hmm. right? Whereas now it's like, I'm going for a walk. I don't, I can compartmentalize those things, leave them at the office, go for a walk and then come back refreshed instead of thinking about those things on the walk. So I think the mental tools for me have been a, a an equally big thing than the, than the physical tools. Yeah, that, that's really true. I also have one question that I often ask myself. It's kind of similar to yours, but not really. It's what's the worst thing that can happen mm. if this kind of screws up. Yeah. And usually it's not that big of a deal. Maybe someone gets angry if you're late with something or maybe, I don't know what, what can happen, but usually it's not really as bad as maybe the mind is trying to trick you that it is. So right. it, it's a way to, to really get perspective also on things and maybe yeah. prioritize a little bit more. Yeah, I think compulsively thinking about worst case scenarios, like I know people that a potential scenario comes up and they model a million terrible scenarios, most of which never come true. Mm. <laughs> and the stress of running through those overwhelms them, even though it's like, well, what can you do about it right now? If you can't do anything mm. about it, then why are you, you know, like, I, I think it was you that wrote the serenity prayer uh, yeah. as a note yeah. in there. Mm. That's a really powerful one. Because I think that that sums up, um, you know, it's, I think it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, to take action. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to kind of let go of the rest. Yeah. To Something know the like difference. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very powerful one. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's that idea of focus on things you can change, um, work to to take action on the things you can change and know the difference between the two so that you're not stressing about things you have no control over. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a very interesting one.
Um, and, and maybe it's a good place to talk about the difference between mental and mental stress and physical stress. Cause I think today on, on the whole, we are, we have a lack of exposure to physical stress. And it's funny because not stressing your physical body, under stressing your physical body is actually stressful. It's kind of like a weird thing, right? Like sitting, even though sitting at a computer all day is not inherently physically stressful, it actually kind of is because physical stress is needed for the body to be optimal. And the idea that, well, the, the imbalances you develop from sitting in a chair all day makes it so that all the time you're not in the chair is much more stressful on your body because it can't organize itself very well. So, mm. you know, it seems to me that by and large, we have an over, we're overdosing on mental stress and we're um, underdosing on physical stress. What, what, uh, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, I mean, the mental stress, then it, it comes back to what I, we talked about in the beginning, that it's all about how you perceive things and the demands that you put on yourself that are, I mean, for someone, something might be very stressful, but for another person, it's not even stressful at all, depending on how you approach things and and your background and everything like that. So I think it's all of course interconnected um and the mental stress usually causes also physical stress because of all the tensions that that's created in the within the body and uh, i think it's it's also maybe that or it's also quite often so that we don't recognize the physical stress as actually being stress hmm. But when it becomes mental and, and, and the brain starts to protest and, and telling you that it's stress, then, then it's, it's when it's becoming a little bit more maybe harmful. But I totally agree that it's the physical stress that we are maybe lacking uh, or not practicing that also contributes to much more mental stress. Yeah. Yeah, and all mental stress is self-inflicted. That's another yeah. interesting factor, right? Where it's mm. like anything we're stressing about that is in our minds and not manifesting in the world is is something we are doing to ourselves. Not to say that no, none of those situations are appropriate, but I think just knowing that is helpful to catch yourself when you get into these spin cycles where you're just running through um, potential bad things that could happen and in my life, I find those things don't actually end up happening. And so what's the point of stressing about them? Mm. Um, and, you know, this, I, I find it interesting that historically, historical stressors versus modern day stressors can be so, um, so different, right? Like, for example, historically, a lack of food was very stressful, right? You didn't know if you're going to starve or not. In the modern day, too much food is actually stressful mm. for our bodies. So you have, you have these weird dichotomies where technology and the conveniences of modern life have actually completely changed um, what is adaptive and or what is like what is stressful, right? Um, poor sleep. People don't think. I think some people underestimate the potency of some physical stressors, right? Like not moving for the bulk of your day very physically stressful for your body and i would argue your mind consistently sleeping poor is extremely stressful 
for the body and for the mind. Eating food products that don't resent that are are so far removed from what actual food is is extremely stressful for your body right for your body to be able to process this thing which is a foreign thing and almost doesn't even um resemble food at all is actually really stressful right and even within the uh lacking food part it's like fasting is a theoretically fasting is not eating food um but it's different than starving, right? Like one might mm. be intentional and result in an adaptive ability to, um, to let your body just sort of recover and regenerate because actually eating food and having to digest it is a form of stress. It's a necessary form of stress because if you never eat anything, you starve. But I think it just circles back to the point where you said before, where like everything is contextual because food, too much food or not enough food can be good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, um, depending on many, many variables and for different people might mean different things. So it's almost like any single event can't be talked about as healthy or unhealthy without context to the person and to the broader scenario that they happen in. So yeah, stress is a a very difficult one to talk about. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of the things that you talked about there, uh, like comparing the modern the ways that that stress us like the food for instance compared to to historically a lot of it's both food related and and exercise or movement related and and also sleep comes back to the ability to feel what you need Hmm. and because i think many of us are so to a certain extent shut off that we don't even do that to feel when I'm hungry and not just eat because it's on the table to feel that my body needs some movement and not just sit on a chair because everyone else is doing it in the office or something to go to sleep when I'm tired and not because it's 10 o'clock in the evening and so on and so on. And I think that also causes a lot of stress, uh, which accumulates then. And I think maybe one of the reasons for it is, again the the load of distraction and information and inputs basically that we have so that we're unable to come back to really sense and feel what we need yeah and it it seems like the answer to a a lot of um overwhelm is just subtract right like literally just remove the noise and it gives you at least some space to make sense of this scenario right whereas Mm -hmm. i think it's so easy to constantly be taking in inputs. Um, I know from personal experience, like when I want to distract myself, I take in way more inputs to, to, mm-hmm. to take my focus away from the problems that I'm not solving or from the things that are making me uncomfortable, but putting more inputs into a system that's trying to find some sort of like equilibrium uh, by making sense of things is like completely counterintuitive. So the things mm-hmm. we do to relieve stress actually result in longer term stress uh, because they tax the body more, they create more entropy for our system. Whereas really what we want is to reduce the uh, chaos of our system, of our minds, of our bodies, and give it a chance to sort of make sense of things so that we can figure out the best path forward. Um, so I think self-awareness is the huge key, right? Self-awareness from the context of what things are worth worrying about or being there's what things are worth acknowledging as stressful yeah um and also you know what are my limits right like when 
um, someone decides to run a half marathon, you know, that can either be um, an adaptive stressor for someone who has who, who knows that they've trained hard enough and their body is capable of doing it, or it can be an overwhelmed stressor that results in injury for someone who hasn't trained hard enough or isn't ready for it or, or mentally mm. is is not ready for it. And really, that can only be determined by the individual. Right. I yeah. think that's why I think that's why making sense of stress and, and um, I hesitate to say control, but being able to productively manage stress in your life, because I know people that face a giant amount of stress in their lives and they handle it extremely productively. They're calm mm -hmm. people. They face it with a, a sense of uh, um, with a positive mindset that they they will be able to handle these stressors, whereas I have other I know other people that actually don't have that much stress in their lives. But anytime the littlest thing happens, it just fries them. Like they just get overwhelmed instantly. And so what's the difference there? I think it's really the mindset of one person has a mindset that whatever stresses come my way, I, I have the tools and the ability to meet those demands. And they view them as almost challenges where it's like, I actually kind of like those things because that's, that's part of what pushes me to expand my boundaries of what I'm capable of doing. Whereas <laughs> other people who don't know um, who just have a mindset where it's like everything is overwhelming, right? And and mm -hmm. I think it's really just only the individual can make sense of that. So stress like health really comes down to the personal responsibility of understanding what are you capable yeah. of? Um, what is worth spending time on? What is worth getting concerned about? Mm. And I think that's such a big, such a big element. Um, do you notice any patterns in people that you know or come across or work with that get overwhelmed by stress or face stress productively? Like, are there any things that you've noticed from those different types of people uh, in terms of how they view view life or view challenge? Yeah, I would say it's it's more or less the same that what you described that the persons or the people that get easily overwhelmed or stressed or complain about being stressed are the ones that usually view external factors as the reason for stressing them so my boss is a is a total uh, i don't know what the english word would be but <laughs> a moron or something uh, and it's his fault that i'm so stressed rather than the other one saying okay maybe this guy is not the best person to work with but it's my responsibility to create my own work situation and it's all about victim or hero men mentality, maybe that the stress is really never externally caused, even though there are, of course, factors. But for someone that viewing, removing their own responsibility and saying that, no, it's it's my stupid boss or, or something like that that is causing everything then they also don't take any action for improving the situation and it gets really stressful because they feel stuck whereas the other person is taking responsibility and maybe even changing the job if if it's a, a person not worth working together with or something like that so i think yeah yeah it's almost like hero mindset is action oriented victim mindset is is uh, blame oriented Mm. And it's all about that, uh, like, where do you, what, where is your compass pointing, internal or external? And it's way more uncomfortable to take the internal route where it's like, put the mirror in, instead of saying it's someone else's fault, put the mirror in front of you and say, what am I, what am I doing here to contribute to this? Or what can I do to put myself in a better situation? And that requires way more work and energy and effort than just blaming someone else and saying it's their fault. Mm. 
and you know i'm sensitive to the fact that you know we have it's a pretty chaotic world right now and i don't i don't think people have a lot of reserve capacity to really like lean into challenging things and actually or at least they don't feel that way right like the mm -hmm. people who don't have enough time to deal with their problems are the people who are suffering the most so it's almost like well how do you get off that ferris wheel at some point and i think it starts by just taking a look inside spending more time with yourself i i think that's actually like the the biggest element for me that has helped me be able to productively deal with stressful situations and actually look at them as um, adaptive challenges is actually just spending, like I know when my mind is fuzzy and I'm not clear, I need to spend more time away from everyone and everything, which is with myself. Mm. And for the longest time, even just meditating for like two minutes was so uncomfortable for me because my brain just would go so crazy that I never did it. And looking back, it's like, if I had learned about meditation in high school, Mm -hmm. um my life would have been a totally different would have been totally different in the in the in in a much better way and so you know why why do you think it is that we don't really talk about um stress as a topic i mean it's probably the same reason we don't talk about health in school but like helping kids understand stress and understand health i mean it's all kind of the same thing why do you think we don't do any of these things why don't we teach people, why don't we learn about these things or have conversations about these things at times in our life where we should be preparing to be able to live adult lives in a productive way? Like, I just find it so odd. Yeah, or maybe I would maybe pose another question at when and why do we teach kids that doing this and managing this is not what we should do? Because I mean, looking at my own daughter, she's she's so good at doing it and she mm. does it really intuitively like a couple of weeks ago they had a, a big concert with the school choir outside so um it was quite a lot of people one of the first times after the restrictions and everything that they could have the, the audience again and after she was done she was she was so nervous before and after she was done she was like she came and said mom I just need to go away to the forest my head is full I need to be alone that's amazing and I was like, when do we lose that ability? Because that's exactly what we all of us need to do. And somehow I think it's it's when we come to school and we learn that you should everyone should be doing the same thing and we should listen to someone telling us what's right or wrong and, and so on and so forth. But we should really just acknowledge that this ability is there from the I mean from the early childhood and we should try to keep it and maintain it somehow that's I a guess. really good point because you just made me realize that i'm thinking we need to teach things to kids but in reality it's like we just need to not we just we need, need to foster to. what they already know mm -hmm. yeah like we exactly. need to not unteach it yeah <laughs> basically yeah. Uh, which is a very different mindset um i, th I think two variables that i kind of think of sometimes related to stress are duration and intensity so mm -hmm. Duration being how long is this stressor applied for? Um, and intensity is like how um, how intense is this stressor? And sort of like making sure like what you don't want or what, what I try to avoid is highly intense stressors that are applied for long durations, right? This yeah. whole idea yeah. that chronic intense stressors applied chronically are very unnatural and just essentially sap all your energy away um and you know part of the intensity it's funny because part of the intensity part is actually self 
self-determined, right? Based on the amount of meaning or weight that you put on that thing, mm. right? Um, I remember one time something happened to my car, a piece of ice fell on my car and dented it. And uh, I was working on sort of accepting that all, everything that happens is good. Like this whole Zen mindset where it's like, everything that happens is the best thing that could happen and ends up being good eventually. And that was the first time like I defaulted to that. And I realized like something fell on my car, dented the roof. I could have gotten really stressed about that and angry and frustrated and been like, oh, I have to do all these things to fix it. And I just decided that it's not that big of a deal. And I don't even care to fix it because it's a reminder that imperfect is not the enemy. Mm. Um, and so it's almost like the weight we put on something, the, our determination of whether something's important enough to stress about it or not, I keep coming back to this, but I think it's important, is actually what determines how stressful something is for us. And once again, that's it, it's all on us to, to make that determination and to be mindful enough to recognize that often things that aren't that important we allow to cause us big amounts of stress mm. and that reduces our capacity to actually deal with the things that are important. Um, yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? The notion of deciding uh, what's important enough to, to be stressed about. Yeah. And to, to what's important enough to receive your energy kind of. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, here in Sweden and maybe it's the same in Canada, there's shitty weather most of the time of the year <laughs> quote unquote people, shitty <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and people talk a lot about that and they put a lot of energy on that and they can't even change it it's not even possible maybe it is in the future i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and i often think that yeah you just have to put on a raincoat maybe and decide right. if you want to stay inside or go outside anyway depending on what you have to do or or not to do yeah instead of Paying or putting a lot of energy into complaining about something that you cannot really change. Yeah. Once again, it's like action oriented is put a raincoat on. Yeah. Um, you know, the other mindset is this is terrible. I can't do anything about it. Mm. So how do you like, okay. So we know that the things we decide matter enough. Um, are we allow things to cause us stress by determining they're meaningful enough to, to be concerned about them. So how do you decide whether something matters enough to, to give your energy to, or whether it doesn't like how in your life, something happens, what, what is the framework of making the decision of whether or not I, I should devote energy to this or not? That's a really good question. Obviously it's contextual. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those yeah, yeah. unanswerable questions, but I think, I think there's probably something there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, usually I guess it's because I've tried to prioritize for myself what's really important in my life. Um, my health is one of the things. My kids is also one of the things. That, and also somehow maybe to to make a positive difference to other people in my community as well. Um, so I guess somehow that's that's the baseline or basis for intuitively kind of taking those kind of decisions that okay so would those be it, your values is that would you call, consider those your values yeah maybe somehow or the the basis for um decision making somehow uh, at least some of it um 
And then also, I often come back to the serenity prayer. Is it even something that I can change? If not, then I just have to decide if I accept it mm. or try to change the situation or doing something differently for, for myself. But I mean, also, <laughs> uh, sometimes it's, it's really, I think you said it before too, that when it gets a little bit stressful or even much stressful, you know, I also tend to distract myself more uh, to, to avoid the stressful stuff. And then it gets after a while a little bit more stressful. So I guess awareness somehow is also part of it because when I recognize that I'm doing those kind of things, it's easier to say, okay, no, stop it and just take a walk or do some shaking or take a few deep breaths and then really go back and see where is the, where should the priorities be and what's really important to, to focus on. Yeah. I think knowing with clarity, what is important in your life is like, because yesterday I was on a walk. I'm like, how the hell are we going to talk about stress? This is like an overwhelmingly (laughs) giant (laughs) topic, but you know, I think it's just, you know, if we just share our perspective and stories, that's the whole point of this foot in our experience is like, if everyone shares their insights and what they've learned, the sum of what we can learn as a whole is greater than the individual parts. And I think what I kept coming back to was the only way I can decide whether something, you know, deserves my energy or not is to be very clear on what actually matters to me. Mm. And, you know, like I look at values as like, what do I value in life? My values are things I value, things I've decided at a fundamental level matter to me. Just like what you said, like, you know, your health, your family, um, leave, serving your community, leaving the world in a better place. So if you're very clear on your values, it makes it much easier to make a determination of whether something deserves your energy or not. But if you're not clear on your values, and I, I, I think we've gotten away from, you know, like the, the different religious um, worlds, I think really at a base level revolve around stories that help us, help guide us towards things that people for thousands of years have found are important, right? Like Mm -hmm. values, like truth, uh, honesty, love, beauty, all these things. So being clear, when I'm clearest on my values, it makes it much easier to determine whether something deserves my energy or not and deserves, um, you know, including in that is like stressful events or challenging events that can cause me stress and whether or not that is worth pursuing and if it's something I value, it carries enough meaning that it's like a, a challenge I want to engage with. Whereas most things actually don't matter that much in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think what you said about acceptance is like, if you can't do anything about it and something happens, the question is just whether you're going to cause yourself ongoing <laughs> anguish or you're just going to accept that that happened yeah. and, and move on, like shake it off, basically. Yeah. And I think those tools... Um, only come through conversations with yourself and actually, and, and, you know, back to the thing you talked about was distraction. I, I I think people sometimes misinterpret it, misinterpret the idea that the, you know, they think the goal is never get distracted. And I I think that's like an impossible goal, right? The goal is just Mm -hmm. to recognize when, when you're getting distracted, even if you continue doing the, like as many times where I'm, I know I'm distracting myself. I've acknowledged that. And yet I've continued distracting myself a little bit. because I'm like, it just feels good. Yeah. But I think catching yourself so that in mm-hmm. future you can see, well, what, what, uh, 
why did I default to this? Or what environmental context led me to this? And how can I change that context in the future such that I'm less likely to distract myself and more likely to do something productive? And maybe it's as soon as I have the urge to go on Twitter or to go eat some sugar, uh, I should probably just take a couple of deep breaths and go on a walk. Like that'd be a good experiment to try next time to see if it creates space so that I can deal with the situation better next time. Um, yeah, yeah, and also oh, you said that the first time that you were trying to to meditate that it was difficult within five minutes. That I find also sometimes that when I'm distracting myself, it's it's really when I should be uh, creating maybe an empty space to just sit with myself or walk with myself or something without any distraction to really listen in, uh, and maybe that's also what you're distracting yourself from from time to time. So it's. Uh, it can, of course, be different things. Yeah. yeah. But I have a question also. I mean, just as you said, to, to give some perspective to, to the listeners, what, what do you find stressful? That's a good question. What do I find stressful? One thing I've, you know, now that I'm not the only one, initially with TFC, it was just like me. So mm -hmm. the, the consequences of my decisions... Um, rested solely on me and I was willing to accept that. I, I, I accept the consequences of my decisions. Now that my actions have consequences that reach further than just myself and that affect other people that are working on the Foot Collective or are um, part of the company, I think decisions that I have to make that carry a really uh, heavy weight that will have big trickling effects through everything we do. Mm. Um, you know, I used to get stressed out of making those decisions but the way i deal with it now is i just uh eliminate all noise and put enough energy and time to really explore variables related to this decision so that i know i've spent enough time with that decision that i'm making the best possible decision i can make so the former me would be would focus energy on stressing out over if i do this and this happens all these people will be affected and that was stressful and now it's like well I know if there's a very big decision to make and, a, and, a, and if I spend a good amount of time on it and put my full energy and effort into understanding all the variables involved, I will make the best decision. But I can only do that if I say no to a lot of things so that mm. I can say yes to this and spend enough time on it. So I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot of things that cause me a lot of stress. Like most of the things that cause me the most stress in my life are actually the things I purposely self-inflict on myself like a really mm -hmm. intense sauna or a cold plunge um i find highly stressful in a in a in a really positive way um i think in the last two years i you know if you asked me this two years ago i would list off a billion things that caused me a lot of stress <laughs> in my life um but now i've just i think stoic philosophy i try and every time i start to kind of find myself easily getting uh, triggered or stressed by things i start to go back to just reading like even meditations by Marcus and realizing that like, wow, this guy was able to productively handle uh, gigantic stressors where like the entire country is revolting or there's a giant war. It's like, you know, if he can be calm in the face of that level of storm, then I have no excuse for getting upset about, a you know, something that happened, mm -hmm. you know, an argument or something like that. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm constantly trying to get better at, contextualizing like does this matter is it worth the energy to worry about this and 
Um, if so, what action can I take? If not, um, then I just kind of accept it. I think acceptance is a big, is a big part. And even mm. something you mentioned at the start where it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? That negative visualization element. Um, it's like if every day you sort of visualize, and I don't do this every day, but some meditation sessions in the morning, I'll visualize like the worst thing that can happen to me is if I die today. Mm-hmm. And if you accept that, just being alive for the whole day is great. And yeah. there's really not that much to, to, to stress you out in the, in the grand context of things of like a hundred year life. It's like, I try and zoom out and contextualize things in the moment that could be viewed as stressful from a hundred year life perspective where it's like, this really doesn't matter in the end. I'm going to, pro- I need to spend energy dealing with this and I will product, I will deal with it as productively as I can by eliminating all other noise so that I can focus on this. But all I can do is do my best. And if I do that, I can feel good that that was the best thing to do. And it, um, even if it doesn't result in the outcome I wanted, it's not stressful. Um, but it's, it is a, I think that whole scenario of evaluating whether something deserves your attention or not is not something you just like get to a point and that just happens. It's like every day it's a practice. Every day it's a practice of catching yourself, getting, um, worked up over something that doesn't matter and working through that in your own mind. Like I spend a lot of time by myself. I think that's a kind of a unique thing that I'm very, you know, I still have in my life. Um, Mm. So I have a lot of time to kind of work through these things. And I realize that, you know, a friend of mine has two kids is like, he doesn't have time by himself (laughs) like I do. So, you know, telling him to, yeah, just take time, work through these things, go on an hour walk. He's like, Dude, I have children. I have offspring that I need to keep alive. <laughs> so I can't do that. So, so yeah, I think. Uh, what about you? What are things that you still find uh, stressful? Or, um, I guess, when was the last time you can remember something causing you uh, a, a lot of stress? And and you know, what process did you work through um, to sort of like productively move through that? Uh, yeah, it's. A, I'm kind of. Uh, well, I would say if someone asked me that, I'm under a little bit of a stressful situation right now because I recently changed my job and it's not really, or it's actually not at all what was described or even expected. <laughs> so <laughs> it's. Uh, um, um, yeah, that's kind of putting pressure on my life situation to put it like that because I also have two kids uh, that mm-hmm. actually I changed my jobs to be able to spend more time with the kids and to have more time for myself uh, but now actually the opposite is happening because of things I cannot really in the short term affect so now I have to deal with okay how how can I um, have how, how can I change that so that it actually uh, it, it, it stops it from or so that it's actually not a stressful situation anymore um, so I'm working a lot through that too and it, as you say it all comes back to maybe I don't need to do my best all the time maybe it's enough with good enough mm. maybe maybe I should try to do it with as little effort as possible one of my teachers he, he um, he's a a reflexologist but also a, a Swedish foot guy and, and he's really good at those kind of things he says well what's the least uh, effort you can put into something and still get the same results 
that's that's kind of how I look at it at the moment to just okay get things done try to change what is possible to change but maybe don't put all the effort into it but just enough effort to still be able to do what I promised and and also do what I promised to myself and to the family because that's that's where my uh, priorities and values are that's my kids are really important and they are small just this short time so I really want to be able to uh, enjoy that time with them so that's that's really important and um yeah I don't know where I was going with that but trying to um I don't know what you would say but to really focus the effort and maybe be aware where the effort is uh, is concentrated but also trying to um, maybe look really closely in the mirror to see uh, what is really important again coming back to the important stuff and and where is it worth putting the effort yeah yeah and you know when there's a big because it's almost like this isn't you know your current situation is something that will require ongoing work to, mm-hmm. to troubleshoot and um, to work through. So it's not like this acute thing where you can just do something now and it's done, right? And for me, with a lot of those things, one of my biggest tools is what is the, you know, this thing is going to require a massive amount of energy. I can't do it all right now and I don't have that much energy right now. So what is the smallest incremental action step that I can take right now to know that mm-hmm. I did something to improve or um to optimize this situation, I know full well the work is not done, but what can I do right now that I have the energy to do and I'm able to do to feel good that I did something about that? And I think this is a big one with health, right? Like not having health is very stressful Mm. because it's easy to worry about what could happen if this thing that I'm facing gets worse you know, like, am I not going to be able to do the things I love? Am I going to have to go to the hospital? Is it going to cost me time and money? And it's so easy to, to run through this, to map through these scenarios. And I think this mm. is like adaptively what we're, we're, our brains are designed to assess probabilities and scenarios so that we can pick the best one. But I think in the modern world, that kind of runs amok because there's so many things that our brains try to model. There's so much information coming in yeah. that to try and process everything, it will literally uh, cause you to break down. It's just not, mm-hmm. we don't have the bandwidth to do it. So I think part of it there is like, once again, a process of elimination, like what, what is noise that I don't need to deal with? And how can I focus my energy on, on what matters most, what matters mm-hmm. most at this moment in time, because that's probably the thing that's carrying the most stress, right? The, the yeah. thing that matters most that's not getting dealt with is probably going to eat away at your, your thinking capacity the most. Um, so this idea of, I can't remember where I was going with that. Yeah, I think it, I think what I was trying to get is just conservation of energy, right? Knowing mm-hmm. that I don't have the bandwidth to deal with this whole thing today, but I'll deal with a part of it and I'll make sure that I'm not distracting myself from dealing with the other parts that have to come. Um, and this whole idea of taking the, the lighter path, right? Not putting mm-hmm. full energy into everything. And once again, it's like, the energy you put into something probably should be directly related to how important that thing is. Yeah. And knowing what's important or not is it's almost like re- really being clear on your values 
means you're spending a huge amount of time on a fairly narrowly defined decision, right? Not a, not an unimportant mm-hmm. one, but narrowly defined. And the time you spend doing that and the clarity you get allows you to not make 90% of potential decisions in future if you didn't know those things, mm. right? Like it's overwhelming to try and determine whether something's important enough to do or not if you have no um, lighthouse to align that with. And so I, I think that's, you know, oh, with health, that's what I was going to say with health, people get not being, not having health is stressful. It's easy to get into scenarios of overthinking possible negative things. Um, but in reality, all you have to do is take an action step, like going for, if you're concerned about your health, if you go for a 15 minute walk and just do some deep breathing, like you did something. And so I think if people just take this mindset, the health is a process. Um, good health is the result of doing the right things. And if all you have to do is really understand, like, what does the right things mean for me right now? And what do I feel competent that I can do myself? I think that's a big element where if people shifted their mindset to that and, and went from, you know, blame where, you know, oh, it's my bad knee. I, mm, like it always gets yeah. me when people say my bad back, my bad knee, because what they're yeah. saying is this body part is bad. It's not my fault. This body part is bad. You mm. can't do anything about it. Whereas it's like, well, what can I do right now to build resilience in this body part or help make this body part work better? And I just, I think it's partially a result of this um, medicalization of health issues, whereby if you have a problem, it is someone else's job to fix it, which I think is, and it's not to say that it's not appropriate to ask other people for help. But I think that dynamic, which I saw firsthand as a physical therapist is tremendously disempowering because it confirms the fact that people cannot take responsibility for their issues. And it's all, it's all a language thing, right? Like in school, Mm. basically we're programmed in physio school that we are the knowledge keepers and we are the solution to people's musculoskeletal problems. And that's such a weird thing because not only can we not take responsibility for their problems, but that person, if that person actually thinks that, then they are, they are making themselves helpless um, and completely dependent on others. Mm. And so it's like, how do we find a middle ground where it's, it's, it's good to ask for help, but where the helpers don't pretend to have the solution. The helpers actually facilitate people taking more ownership. Um, mm. And I think it all, I always come back to values. It's like, if you know what's important in your life, the decisions you have to make every single day, including what deserves your energy to be stressed about is so much easier. It's so much easier to make those decisions because you've already made them. You've already put the time in to decide what's important. Therefore, whatever comes to you, you put through Mm -hmm. the filter, whether it's important or not. And it turns out the things that deserve your attention, energy, and to cause you stress, there's not that many of them. Yeah, that's true. And I think it also comes back to what we learn from a, from a really early age in school, we learn that there's, there's a right and wrong. There's an expert telling us what's right and wrong and so on. Uh, and it's really hard to, to step out of that. If, if you believe that for, for your whole love, life. And I think that, I mean, schools should really focus on that. Yeah. Giving um, kids and, and young people the opportunity to really, think for themselves and that each and every individual knows best what's good for them. They can get some advice, but in the end, it's 
I can never know how someone else feels in their knee. I can look at them and maybe say that it looks like you, or de depending on what they tell me. And when I look at them, it might be that this could help, but it's up to them to decide. And the same, of course, comes with, with stress. You can never know what stresses someone else out, but depending on what they tell you, depending on how they approach things, it could be that we can advise them to go through that process of prioritizing and, and really putting for or describing for themselves what's what's truly important and that that will help but then in the end it's really up to them if if that's work that's that someone is willing to do i guess right if they're ready to mm. to take on because it is kind of scary like taking full responsibility for your health is, is very scary um, it is yeah can, well i shouldn't say <laughs> is very scary it can be very scary be. If, depending how you look at it um, but I think that's the only, that's the only path. So, so if we wrap this up with some like pragmatic elements and sort of like sum up the major points we touched on, I think, you know, maybe we'll go tic-tac-toe. I'll, I'll say one and then you can say one and just let, let's bring, let's bring up to close this out the, the sort of bigger points that we talked about. I think one point is that like the belief that stress is bad is the most harmful part, not the stress itself. And so it's like, we, we, I think we each need to sort of contextualize stress as not all stress is bad. Stress is the only way that we grow and adapt and build more resilience to be able to handle more stress. But we have to make sure that there's a difference between being overwhelmed by stress and then productively adapting to a stressor, whether it's, you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. So not all stress is bad. And I think we have to transcend this paradigm that stress is stress kills everyone all stress is bad it's like well it probably deserves a, a more nuanced conversation because not all stress is bad there's different types of stress mm. much of what we determine is stressful is actually up to us to decide on so like that yeah. needs to be part of the conversation so not all stress mm. is bad i'll start with that yeah. one yeah and then i maybe I'll, I'll continue with um there needs to be a balance so there's no danger in, let's say, having a stressful situation if you're able to release, either release the stress afterwards or have periods of recovery or periods when you can go back in, inside yourself and find some emptiness or whatever you would call it. And um, so that there's kind of a wave instead of just constant uh, stress where you have a long duration with, with stress not going down. So there needs to be a balance between stress and recovery. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I think having, to, having a tool belt, starting to build a tool mm -hmm. belt of things you go to, uh, if and when a challenge, um, some sort of tension builds in your life, right? Whether that's, I think it'd be su such simple things, right? It's like if you find yourself arguing with your partner frequently, it's like you can make a rule that... Anytime things get heated, you both take a deep breath and take five minutes away from each other and go for a walk. Like even something mm -hmm. as simple as that can remove you from reaction mode and allow you both to be able to better respond to whatever situation is coming up. So I think tools in terms of like, for me, my biggest tools are a walk in nature, a, br a deep breathing session and a meditation session, which oftentimes in the past were the least likely things that I would think of when I got in a stressful situation, Right. Um, and also just being mindful. I think mindfulness is the biggest thing because we, I, th I think we often do things that we don't realize we do. 
right? Like we're so in the present moment that when something's stressful, we distract ourselves and we're so, we're so fully immersed in that distraction because it probably feels good away from whatever suffering we're trying to move away from that we don't recognize that short term, this might feel good, but long term, this is probably going to cause even more stress because you're not dealing with whatever, um, whatever challenges is, is there. So I think just self-awareness and being honest with ourselves, like we're the easiest ones to fool. Um, mm. and like we can fool ourselves very easily. I do it all the time and I catch myself doing it all the time. Oh, so yeah. I think being self-aware and putting energy into, um, being mindful, it's like, you know, it's, it's actually like takes a good amount of energy to be fully present and mindful and think through what's happening instead of just being in it. So I think to me, that's a helpful one, um, to have tools, to have physical tools that can sort of help recalibrate. And like you said, instead of just being on that constant stress bar, it's like, you know, the recovery element might come from a breathing session or a walk or time in nature or whatever it might be, or just doing a hobby that you love, right? That puts mm. you into a state of, of joy to allow you to recover and remove yourself from whatever um, stressful situation is there, not to escape it, but just to bolster up your ability to have energy to deal with that when appropriate. Um, yeah. Because so many times I've had like multiple things, multiple challenges I'm facing. And my, my previous inclination was to try and deal with all of them. And then what I notice is like, you just sap your energy away and you actually start to make really poor decisions because you just haven't actually built a reserve to be able to productively deal with those things. Mm. And so the better thing is actually, you know, maybe to deal with one out of four things, go for a walk take some deep breaths, come back, deal with another one, take another break instead of trying to deal with all four at once. And I think once again, it's just like everyone just has to be motivated enough to seek self-awareness to determine. And if it's not work, if what you're doing is not working, try something different. That's another thing I often tell people. It's like, yeah. you might not know yeah. what to do, but if what you're doing is not working, don't keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was kind of going to be my next one. That's if you're feeling stressed or, or, being in stressful situations quite often it's the the most appropriate stress management thing to do is to just not adding more things to handle the stress but to remove things and there's this quote that I usually or quite often come back to it says music is the space between the notes uh, so without the space you don't have the music you just have the notes uh, and I think that's true with a lot of things that we need the space in between in order to create our own music. So just remove things to, to, to have enough space, basically. Yeah. That's a really good one. I think another one is, you know, even as an experiment is like, what, what matters, mm. what truly matters. And I, I think that question, the answers to that question you know, as we change, so too do our values. So I think doing like a, a, you know, every month doing some sort of value audit, like I put my values up on a whiteboard and I look at them and, and I try and like once in a while determine like, are those still my values? Mm. Yes or no? Are my actions, what I'm focusing on and, you know, what I'm putting my energy towards um, or what I'm deciding is worth engaging with if it's something that's a challenge, are those actually the things that determine what I put my energy on yeah. and just a regular recalibration and rekindling of clarity of what really matters and do my actions align with that. I think that inherently makes life less stressful 
because mm-hmm. the same events might happen to you, but the weight you place on them and the energy you put into dealing with those challenges recalibrates so that you're putting the most energy on the most important things and accepting that a lot of things don't matter enough to worry about. So I think just being really clear on, on values is such a, like a macro thing that trickles into all areas. And I think also maybe as the perhaps final one, depending on if you have something else, but to, to realize also that stress management is something that you cannot really do when you're stressed. Because the whole point of, of because stress shuts shuts off the whole system basically it makes you don't not feel so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that was the purpose when you were chased by a lion maybe that you shouldn't really feel the the sharp stones that you were tripping on or something like that. So really to use the tools that you have when you're not stressed, like breathing sessions or putting yourself into a hot sauna or a cold swim or whatever it can be in a controlled situation that you can control yourself and uh, not when you're actually stressed. Yeah. And I think the, you know, the, the whole idea of going into a hot sauna or a cold tub is to, like you said, in a controlled environment, find what your limits are and also Mm -hmm. to find how you react under stress. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And to also build resilience and capacity to be able to deal with stress more productively. You know, if you, start every day with a cold shower. Well, the rest of the day is not that hard. Um, I guess the one last thing I wanted to say was this whole idea that community is this ephemeral pillar of health that is so hard to like put your finger on because it's such a broad, I mean, you want to talk about things hard to, to define or talk about. It's like stress is one of them, but community is another. But this whole idea that if you feel like you're in a silo and you're alone, you can't, um, speak to anyone else about things that you know like the idea of having someone that is a sounding board and will give you the space and time and who you will give the space and time to if if the situation's reversed um to just share things in your life that are you know like if something very stressful is happening being able to share that with someone who is not going to who you know won't place judgment on it Mm. who you know won't give you advice will simply listen and maybe share a story of how they dealt with a similar situation. I think having that person or group of people, I think makes life less stressful. Um, yeah, knowing that really... you have a support group of people um, who you're comfortable sharing things with. I think that mm. for me, that's hugely important. Cause if I didn't have people I could do that with, uh, I would worry a lot more probably. And sometimes the person just says, you shouldn't be worrying about this. Like, why are you worrying about this? Mm-hmm. Is it important? <laughs> like, you know, we, it's funny how sometimes you know all the questions to ask yourself and, and, you know, like, is this important enough? Is this worth my, we, we, we know all these things, but like you said, when you're in it, sometimes all it takes is someone externally to say like, does this actually matter enough to be <laughs> that yeah. worried about it? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's really true. I, I fully agree that it's so important to, to have those people around you no matter who it who it is but just to have someone that's really uh someone you can talk to about those kind of things yeah so hopefully the footnerd family is that for some people i know that some you know some people have formed relationships with others on the other side of the planet within the footnerd experience that they can sort of um speak to right and you Mm -hmm. might not get an instant reply but the idea that you know there's people there who are willing to help you and support you and maybe like work oh. through ideas. Um, you know, and depending on how willing 
people are, you know, even layer two conversations could literally be a session between two nerds working through a challenging situation. And, and, you know, I think that's, I think together we get better at helping each other by hearing mm. how other people are helping each other. And like, you know, what questions are being asked? What, um, what is actually just listening to someone for 20 minutes to look like without trying yeah. to fix their problem. So I think that's an interesting one because even with, you know, even with health, if someone comes to you and they're very stressed, it doesn't really help to say you shouldn't stress about that, right? You can't just say that, <laughs> you know, from your perspective and that might not be stressful, but it's like, yeah. you're not them. So it's like, what can we say to help someone come to that realization without telling them they shouldn't stress about it? Mm. And I think the the question that I that the most helpful question I've received when I'm in that situation as the person who's basically seeking someone to hear me out is like, does this matter enough to stress about it this much? And it's yeah. just that one little trigger where it like makes you go into a loop of like, yeah, does this matter enough? Like, am I mm. what, why is this why why do I think this is so important? What's at stake? What's the worst thing that could happen? You know, all these questions. I think yeah. I think the best health guys are people who just ask questions and a forced reflection instead of, you know, and maybe point, ask questions and point, point to the right place to deepen the understanding. So mm. um, any final words before we wrap up? No, I think that's, that's a good wrap up actually asking the questions rather than putting out the solutions. Yeah. And even to ourselves, right? Like yeah. before you, yeah. before you think you do the thing that you're supposed to do, or before you take action, it's like, ask yourself, like, ask yourself some good questions. Even if you have a list of written down questions, whenever I get stressed, I'm going to ask myself these questions. Should I go for a walk right now? Um, is this important enough to worry about? Like, I think those, those are tools that we can build for ourselves over time. So yeah. Um, yeah. to everyone listening, well, Malin, thank you for taking the time. I know, um, you know, it's like we only put energy on things that matter and I know you have family. So I appreciate you offering some of your time to have this conversation. Um, to everyone listening, we hope you found this lesson helpful and you're able to take some notes in your log and maybe reflect in your own life on, um, you know, things like how you define stress. We've got experiments written there. So, um, there's a bunch of stuff that you can sort of engage with. Um, listening to this is proof of work. Thank you for taking responsibility for your health. Uh, we hope you connect with your learning partner and your pod mates to discuss what we covered. And we look forward to hearing a bunch of layer two conversations. So, uh, we will catch you in the next lesson and thanks for being here.